try to stop a few minutes early, and then you guys can look right over over and might be easier to see it on the big one than the little one. All right, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and first 12 verses he has been dealing with the Christian separated life showing us that there are responsibilities that we have uh, as believers and certain things that we ought to be doing certain things that we ought not be doing and as we learn the word of God we learn more how to practice that and so that's what we've been trying to do here is Find out the things that God wants and the things God doesn't want. And always love how if you read in God's word, uh, you'll see that uh, a lot of times he'll show you how to fill the void. He'll say, stop doing this, do this. And so uh, he gives you direction on things that you ought to be doing. And and, uh, so we've seen that. And just quickly, just so you like the outline, you have the Christian separated life, you have the imitators of God, or verses 1 and 2, showing us that we need to be followers of God as dear children. So being obedient to God's word, doing doing the things that God tells us we ought to be doing, and uh, one of those is walk in love, and that's a command, and conduct your life in love, and, and uh, you, ever, you ever find that it really helps your stress level? When you just work at being kind instead of being mad, uh, I mean, I, I'm just trying to be pretty transparent here on some things. When uh, you wake up a grouch and then you're just all stressed out all day, you cause everybody else to be stressed out all day, and and you really expend far more energy than you would if you were just kind. And we just uh, need to be kinder uh, in this world. And believe me, I, I when Tyler and I went elk hunting, we left uh, Friday morning. Drove through rush hour traffic in Denver at 8 o'clock in the morning. Coming home last night, we came through Denver at 4.15. And I can understand why they're always mad in Denver. I, I'm, I was mad by the time I got out of Denver. And then I was very joyous that I was out of Denver and swore that I'd never go back to Denver. <laughs> but, I, I mean, what? No wonder people are angry drivers, and, and they're angry at their work. They're, I mean, they're just uh, stressed out all the time, and we, we just need to walk in love. And, and we walk in the love as Christ hath loved us. And that's what I say. That's that love, that supernatural love that uh, only believers have that the Holy Spirit gives us. <clears throat> and then he to- showed us the things that separate from the the wicked verses three through five the fornication the uncleanness the covetousness let it not be once named among you and that's another command to say stop letting that be named among us you know i I was you do get time to think while you're you're up there trying to breathe in eleven thousand feet and and thinking you might die so you're trying to get everything right with god right you know and I'm just teasing, but I had, had a lot of time to think. I mean, we would go out and, and said a lot, and so you sit and think, and and it goes on here. So it says, stop letting these things be named, right? Neither filthiness, foolish talking, jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. 
For we know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And then he went on to to show us that uh, stop representing the world as a believer. And I'll share with you a moment my thought. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Another command to stop letting people deceive you with empty words. Just stay in the word of God. And, and listen to what God's word has to say and, and be that. For because of these things cometh wrath of God uh, upon the children of disobedience. And be not ye therefore partakers with them. Stop sharing with them. Stop, you know, close fellowship. Stop letting the world distract you. Stop letting the world convince you of, of things that, that uh, you should or shouldn't be doing, right? <clears throat> and... Because you were sometimes darkness, but now you're not. You, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And then I, I went quickly over verses 11 and 12. I, wanna, I will go back over those in a minute. But I, I was praying for our church family this week and, and didn't have hardly any cell service at all. Uh, where we were at and so that was a good thing so most of the time uh, if I had any kind of cell service I'd turn my phone on check text make sure there's no family emergency or anything and then I just turn the phone back off and uh, just praying for our family and and praying for our church family and I just here's my thought and I don't don't want anybody getting mad at this but I I feel like our church has slipped a little bit I, I think that and I'm not talking about everyone, but I just think that we we get comfortable with where we are, and then all of a sudden things come crumbling down, and th- there are there are those that have been slipping in their attendance, and and mark it down. I, I mean, you can say that oh, it's just a pastor talking. If your if your attendance slips, I can guarantee you, your Bible reading is slipping, and your prayer life is slipping. And everything slips when you do that. It's just, it's just the way it is. And it, it's, it, it just concerns me because um, I really wish this wasn't on a live stream, but that's okay. We had three different families of our church. Someone was in jail this weekend. That concerns me. That, that tells me that there's some slippage, all right? <clears throat> the clutch is smelling, Nick, you know? <laughs> and, and you can smell the, you can smell that bad odor, you know, from a clutch slipping or something. And, and um, I, I think it's a warning to all of us, and, and it's a warning to me, you know? I, I, I think my attitude had slipped, you know? I think that I, I really did need to get away for a while. I, there, are, there does come a time when you're just stressed out, and, and I was definitely peopled out and, and needed a little bit of a break, and, and God knew that he needed to, to about kill me up there, you know, and running up and down this stupid mountain that 29-year-olds think is fun, and I thought it was the death trap. And, but it was a good time to wake up to, uh, you know, hey, Get your attitude right, you know, get things right and, and get back to the studying that you need to get back to the basics of 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 what what God is pleased with. God, God is pleased with me, first and foremost, taking care of my spiritual life. 
just like he is yours. That's your number one priority in your life. I hope we all understand that. We, we need to take care of our own personal life spiritually first and foremost. That's it. I mean, if you don't do that, nothing is going to work right. And then if, if you are taking care of yourself, then guess what happens? Then you, you will be the, the spouse that you ought to be. It will help you with your family issues that you are having. It, it will help you with your financial issues that you are having. It will help you with the stressful work environment that you are having. It, it will help you to deal with the family issues of your life and the challenges that are going on around you. It will help you to handle those in a way that that God wants us to handle them because I'm telling you, if, if we don't do it God's way, then it is not going to work right. It just doesn't. And God has given these guys in Ephesians several commands and if he gave them to them, he's given them to us. And we need to do these things and do it right. You know, don't, don't, don't go off and, uh, you know, don't be one that sits here saying amen to everything and then go live like the devil the rest of the week. And so let's make sure of that. And then he goes on. And, and so that was my thought. And, you know, I, I, I get, uh, you know, I, oh, anyway. I got these texts, you know, from, from Teresa. It, look, I love our church family, and I miss not being here every time. And I want to be here. I tried and tried to get in service where I could at least watch the service. Didn't I couldn't even get on the cameras and spy on you to see who was here and who wasn't. So I don't even get to chew you out because I don't know who was here and who wasn't. So <coughs> I didn't have enough service. But I do love our church family, so I'm not against anyone. I just want us all to pay attention to what we're doing and make sure we stay on the right track of things. And then he said, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. You know, I, I've mentioned this. I've used this many times. I had, <coughs> I had a, um, a guy come to me one time who had been in the ministry, and he said, I don't know. He said, I'm just disgusted with Christians. He said, my best friends are unsaved people. Well, I'm, that, a red flag went straight up in, in my mind. If your best friends are all unsaved people, then... What's going on with you? Uh, and, you know, and he really had a chip on his shoulder about believers and church and, and all of that and wants to use that as an excuse. But here, look, he's telling us that fellowship, when you, when you think about fellowship, you think about, think about what we do for fellowship, <clears throat> staying after service, talking, and, talking and, and finding out what's going on in someone's life. When we sit down at a meal together, we're talking to each other, finding out more about their life and connecting with them and uh, trying to be a part of, of who they are and taking part in something and participate in their lives and, and what they're doing. And, and this, I mean, this is what it's saying here, and, and it's a command, and, and stop having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And so whenever you think about that, then... Uh, the unfruitful are those that are fruitless, they're useless, they're unproductive in the work of God. And if, if we are going to be around that all the time, it is definitely going to affect your, your mindset and affect your, your decision-making. And 
God is telling us to be careful with that, the unfruitful works, the deeds or actions of darkness. And, and the darkness that he's talking about is that religious and moral uh, compass that's been darkened by sin. And so be careful with those things. Look, turn over your, to the, your Bible to Titus chapter 3, Titus 3, verse 14. And uh, <clears throat> here I'll read a, a verse for you. And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses that they be not unfruitful. Look, the unsaved world isn't going to give you any advice on what's going to be good for God. And so be careful of the company you keep. Keep turning over to 2 Peter chapter 1. So go on past Hebrews and James and, and go to uh, <clears throat> 1 Peter and then go on to 2 Peter. If you didn't know, 2 Peter is right after 1 Peter. Uh-huh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, verse 8, chapter 1. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see far off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And you, you go back and, and you, you find many things that that we ought to have and that we ought to be abounding in, right? In, in these uh, good things that, that God wants. Turn over to chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And here it talks about Lot. And delivered just Lot. So, first of all, verse 6. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And, and we see how it impacted his family and ended up losing his whole family. I mean, it was a mess. And, um, and, and, and you think about that, and, and he was vexed. He vexed his righteous soul from day to day. You know, you need to keep company with God every day. And you need to do that through the word of God and through prayer. You need that. But you also need fellow believers. You, you guys, most of you work out in the secular world, and you're dealing with all kinds of people all day. Majority of them probably don't know Christ as their Savior. And, and you get beat down, and, and your soul gets vexed. And, and, it, and it's just hammering on you day after day. And, and that's why this is here. I, I don't want this to ever be unproductive, okay? I want it to be productive. In a, if you guys are going to invest this time on a weeknight when you are tired, you've been working all day, it needs to be productive. And you need to hear the word of God. And, but not only do you need to hear the word of God, but you really need to be able to pour out your heart to somebody that has the same goals, the same ambitions of serving God and walking with God and, and know that you'll get godly counsel and godly encouragement and, and godly fellowship. And, and it just, it really does help. If it's done right, these evening services are really helpful. And uh, this, I, I always look at Sunday as that's God's day. That's the worship day. You know, that's the day we're giving him the honor. We give him the glory. We, we do th that through all that we do, through the worship service, the singing, the praying, the, the preaching, the fellowship, the meals, 
everything we do, that's for God. Wednesday night is, is more of one of those maintenance tools that we, we come together as a family. It's like a family devotion that we come. We share prayer requests together. We, we study the Bible together. We encourage each other for a while, and then we go home. But um, it helps us and keeps us from vexing our souls day by day. And uh, it can wear on everyone, and that's what we need to do. We need to work at this and, and make sure that we're, we're doing things that uh, bring honor and glory to God and, and uh, helping each other. And so, have, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And then, then we looked at, but rather reprove them. And so we need to, uh, and, and that's a constant action that we ought to be doing. If something is wrong, we, we have to have the courage to say, that's wrong. I'm not going to do that. I, I, you, you can pressure me all you want to, but I am not going to do that. It's wrong. And that's the problem. We, we are, uh, you know, the, the devil has, has uh, gained so much attention through the media and, and politicians and things that when you stand up to things that are wrong, well, you're just mean and hateful and you're, you're a bigot or you're racist or whatever else, and they just scream at you to shut you down, but you just got to continue to reprove those unfruitful works of darkness, and we, we have to do that, and, and we need to stand against it. Titus 2 and verse 15 says, These things speak and exhort, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And that word despise has the idea of disregard or look down uh, on what you're saying. You just keep saying it and keep doing it, right? And, and so you reprove those works of darkness. And so some of the things we ought to do then, stop fellowshipping with the world. Stop fellowshipping closely with the unsaved. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to have to do business with them and you're going to have to be out and about with them, but, but be careful of how much you participate with them, if that makes any sense. I hope it does. Uh, look, the Bible tells us, uh, in, and you can write these verses down if you want, but Matthew 18, 15 through 17, Romans 16, verse 17, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 3, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6, and verses 14 and 15, all of those give us the command to stay away from disorderly brethren. Those that are mad at God, those that are mad at all the churches, mad at all believers, and uh, say that they're believers, but they don't want anything to do with God's people, and, and all they do is cause problems, those are commands. You, you look in those passages I gave you, and every one of them, we need to separate from the disorderly brethren. I, I mean, these are responsibilities that we have. Uh, Proverbs 19, 27. Go back. Uh, I've, uh, actually, I forgot what it said now, so I want, I want to I turn back there myself. And I hope I have the right verse. I'll get there and be all confused if not. Verse 27. Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. Just stay away from erring organizations or erring people, you know, that are leading you astray. Be careful. I, I mean, I say this, and then people always come up to me. Well, have you ever heard of so-and-so? No, I haven't. The majority of people I haven't heard of because I don't listen to them. If they're on the Internet, I just don't listen to them. 
I have no way to know who they are. I have no way to vet them. I have no way to, to I, I don't have friends that are there. I don't have anybody that knows their lifestyle or anything like that. And so the only ones that I'll halfway trust on the internet are guys like Adrian Rogers who are dead. And they've been proven, you know. I, I can trust what Adrian Rogers has said for the most part uh, because he's dead now. <laughs> and, and it's proven that what he said was right, and God blessed that. And so, but many of these characters, I don't listen to them. Be careful. Be careful of the erring organizations that are out there. Be careful of false teachers. I mean, all of those are, I can give you verses for all of those that I mentioned to you that those are things that he tells us to stop fellowshipping with. And, and because you can, what, what you can do is vex yourself day by day, and, and it wears you down. And so let's, let's be careful. And, and then he goes into verse 12, and we looked at this. But he said, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. He said it's even disgraceful, and, and it would mess with your mind if we even started describing all these things that they were doing. You know, we, we don't need to, to bring things up for shock and awe uh, of how wicked the world is. We know how bad it is. We really do. I mean, it's in our face every day, you know, and, 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 and these are things that, that I was given thought to even this week, okay? But, you know, the thing that, we, that I have to do because of my personality and, and who I am because I can let it get to me where it can either cause depression or discouragement or severe grouchiness, you know, or those things, or... You, you can stop looking at the bad and you can start looking at what God can do and, and how powerful and how gracious and how good our God is and start looking at the good things that, that God is doing in your life. And, and you know, look, I could have been all sad and upset about not getting a stupid elk, but to, to, to be open with you guys, after all the funerals I've done over the last three years, even taking the life of an elk just doesn't really get me too excited anymore. You know, knowing that I could have taken the life of two of those that I saw with a high-powered rifle, that was good with me. And they're still out there, and they're still alive. And you know what? I'm satisfied. I am. I'm, I'm satisfied. And I could have been all mad and grouchy and thinking, you know, wasted all these time, these years to draw that point. And I, I was able to spend precious time with my son, and watch him enjoy that more than I, I can't imagine why you'd want to enjoy something that was trying to kill you. But he just loved it, going up and up and down those stupid mountains, and you know. And and I guess maybe when I was twenty nine, I'd have been stupid like that too, you know. But uh, not now. I look at that mountain thing; it's trying to kill me. And and uh, but I met Nathan Sandberg, and has become a good friend. I'm thankful for that. I mean, I'm just, you know, grateful for the blessings. I'm thankful my tent didn't leak when it poured down rain for two days and woke up Tuesday morning with ice on it, and and I was dry. And that's when I packed up and we went home, too. It wasn't going to catch me again. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I think that, that we look at these things and, and we can look at the world and, and, and we can just, all of the, the craziness, can can get to us to the point where we really start acting like them in our attitude, and and I'm the first one to blame, and I don't want to do that. I, I want to 
instead of letting it be a shame even to speak of those things, then you know what we need to do? We need to honor and glorify God. This isn't even in my message, but I saw I read this in my uh, in in my uh, devotions this morning. Turn over to Psalms uh, fifty-seven. Psalm fifty-seven. Another thing God gave me while I was there is the is the desire to study again, and and I was in the office today till almost four o'clock today in between the 9,000 phone calls and texts, um, had a great time of studying today. And haven't had that in a long time and was thankful for that. And, and this, is, this is what it says. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings I will make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. You ever felt that way? Have you ever felt? I mean, it's just like, it, it seems like the devil's winning all these battles. Well, he's not. He's not. I don't believe that at all, I, and, and and I believe that, I believe, it, when you look at those plans, it's intimidating. I'm telling you, it's intimidating. But if God's in it, then God's in it, and God can do whatever God wants to do, and I want to be a part of that, and this is what, and, and I don't care what the enemy says, I don't care what common sense says, I, what matters is what God wants us to do, and we'll do what God wants us to do. And that will be common sense, that whatever he leads us to do. And if this is what it is, then praise the Lord. And, and what it's for is what he says now. We have all these enemies. We have all these crazy things going on. But be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. I love it. I mean, I love the, the 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 world has absolutely nothing good to offer, but God has everything, and He's to be exalted. He, he ought to be exalted in our lives and everything that we do. We we ought to be willing to look at the stuff that He mentioned in chapter five, and it ought to disgust us. And and if we are participating in any of that, God is not condemning them. He is telling them stop doing it and do the right thing. And that's just what he's telling us today. Stop doing it and do the right thing. And we'll find that God is pleased with that. And so verses 13 through 21, the rest of this chapter, we're, or, well, not even the rest of the chapter, through verse 21, we're going to see Christians' lives, uh, how we ought to be living according to God's word. He's going to give us a, laid out a simple plan on things that we ought to be doing. And so let's do them. And I think we just got three minutes, so I'm going to stop just a tad early. You guys can look at things. But it's just 
in this world, it's a challenge. It's a real challenge sometimes to do the right thing, but that's when you just have to set your face toward God, determine in your heart, determine in your mind, God, I'm going to be obedient to what I know that I need to be doing in your word, and that's how I'm going to live. And when we'll do what we know we're supposed to do, God will bless that. And God can bring our families together. He can mend things that are problems. He can help us with the stress that's going on. He'll keep a fresh outlook on those around us. And you never know who God is going to use or and how he's going to use you to impact somebody else for eternity. And then you'll understand it's worth it all. Father, we thank you for your word. Pray your blessings upon each one that's here tonight. Guide us home safely and use us, Lord, in your work. In Jesus' name, amen.